0: This audio program may contain descriptions of violence and topics that may not be suitable for everyone. Please listen with caution. Do you know what the most frightening thing in the world is? It's fear. I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm
1: just gonna bash your brains. Why, she wouldn't even harm a fly.
0: steals all my bed space. God damn it. <laughs> he's I mean, he's not that tight ty- or that big. No, but, but you know what he does? Like I came up yesterday, I was like, "Oh, I got to I had to post the news episode uh-huh. for our Patreon." And I come upstairs and he's asleep <laughs> with like a video game stream going on his phone and he is laid out. His head is on his pillow. His butt is on my side of the bed. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it. And um, I've been trying to read more books. That mm-hmm. is part of my New Year's resolution. Because I looked back on the year and I said, I haven't read one goddamn book. I'm a heathen. So I'm, I've been reading the book I was talking about the other week. Mm-hmm. The Meaning of Our Tears about the Lawson family murders. Mm-hmm. And it's only on Kindle. So I've been reading it yeah. on my iPad. And I'm really, really enjoying it. But, like, I was balancing on the edge of the bed trying to read it last
1: night. Why not just punch him in the face? <laughs>
0: because. Like, tell him to get over it. <laughs> I mean, also, what time was it, though? It was, like, 11. You
1: need to go to bed earlier.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see, before he came here, I was like, 3 o'clock, yay, I'm awake. And then now we go to
1: bed at the same time. Yeah, and I gotta at... go to bed at three in the morning. <laughs> That's just how I am. Yeah, I mean, I want to go to bed at three in the morning, mm-hmm. but some days I I turn everything off and I'm like, and I gently fall asleep. It takes me like hours and hours because when I work, sometimes I w- I'll work at Sephora until like midnight. So mm-hmm. then, by the time I get home, it's already almost one. So it's yeah, like, but then uh. also some days I have to get up at five in the morning. So mm-hmm. it's like, so, well, up. so I need to like teach myself how to go to bed yeah
0: well because he's here i go to bed earlier and i don't watch trash tv before mm-hmm. bed because usually i just have it on all night yeah so now i'm like okay i'm gonna read gonna wake up at every reasonable time because he wakes up at 6 30 kisses me before he goes to work even mm-hmm. though i have morning breath it's mm-hmm. a sign of true love and then, like, this morning, I was like, wow, it's 6.30, and I am wide awake. And I'm like, well, set my alarm for 10, and I'll get stuff done. Reasonable time. Right? <laughs> and then I fell asleep, and then my phone died and never woke me up. So, 1.30, there I was. Oh my God. <laughs> I know. I can't
1: sleep till, like, like 9 o'clock. Like, tomorrow, I'm so exhausted right now, and I'm going to go to bed after this. I'm going to wake up tomorrow, and it's going to be 8.30. Mm-hmm guarantee. It's always 8.36 when I wake up. You have a very strong body clock. Yeah, and then sometimes I can go to bed, but even if I get myself to go back to bed, 9.30 I think is like the latest, Mm -hmm. unless I think like the day after Christmas I slept until like almost noon, because Uh it was like I had worked like 69 hours (sighs) in two (laughs) Retail is rough Christmas
0: time. Yeah, I just, my body will literally just sleep until it can't sleep that's how my brother is so do you have any new year's resolutions
1: no oh but i (laughs) am starting that remember you told me forever ago about that diet where like you eat for six hours a day and don't eat anything else
0: remember what you were like you mean you don't eat all day and then you you don't eat all day but then you eat eat
1: whatever you want for like whatever four hours you eat
0: during the day but you only eat approved foods Oh, like salad this is, and a shit. Different, this is a different yeah. diet
1: and then for 60 minutes you can eat whatever you want oh this is different so there's a diet that's like for me for my size mm-hmm. if i wanted to lose one to two pounds a week i have to eat like 1600 to 1700 calories mm-hmm. a week okay so there's a diet that like apparently people are like all oh, the rage because you know it's basically you take all the calories mm-hmm. and the first, like, two days, you get eight hours, and then it gets to six hours, and then four hours. And you can eat whatever you want, but you can't eat over that amount of calories, mm-hmm. but you can only eat it in that amount in of that time. that amount of time, yeah. It stops you from, like, late night eating. Right. So it's, yeah. it's from, like, noon to eight, and then noon to six, and then, like, s- some people move it down so that mm-hmm. basically you're not skipping dinner. Yeah. And uh, so me and Elise were like, let's try it. So next week we're going to try it mm-hmm. and see, like... If it makes a change or not. Yeah. And like you can you can eat all your calories in donuts, but you only get yeah, whatever, that many 1,700 calories. calories in it's like two donuts. Yes. <laughs> a donut and a half. But, right. So we're going to try it and see because a lot of people are like, especially with exercise, a lot of people are like, yeah, it helps because you you could be like, fine, I'll have a chocolate bar. hmm Or like- You uh, can indulge. Yeah. yeah. So what's our topic today? I don't know.
0: Your New Year's resolution is your new weight loss diet.
1: Yeah, I guess. I don't really do New Year's resolutions because they're lame.
0: Yeah, I didn't until I was like, fuck, I
1: haven't read a book in forever. I Um, mean, I did make a chart that was like, so I've been over the holiday season with like finals and then working mm -hmm. so much. I've been slacking like health wise and like skincare wise. My face is falling apart, basically. So I did a skincare chart that was like, if you do these weekly, you can fill in a little bubble. And when I'm done with the whole bubble or the whole chart, I get to spend, I, I gave myself $40, so I can spend uh-huh. $40 at Sephora. Oh, cool. Which is great, because to me, that that's like $80 worth of product. Yeah, because you work there. And then for clothing-wise, I was like, okay, every day that you eat healthy and go to the gym, you can fill in a little. So now it's going to be every day you stick to your diet mm-hmm. and go to the gym, you can fill in a little bubble. And that one, it's like $60 mm-hmm. to, like, to buy clothes. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's like interesting. But I it, like it that. it'll take me for both of them, it'll take me a little over a month if I did it every single mm-hmm. day. So like Yeah. It takes a while, but yeah. it it gives me something gives you, to be like Yeah, yay. you need an
0: incentive. I get guess. that.
1: I'm I'm a person who needs that. Yeah.
0: My new New Year's resolution other than reading is I got to stop picking at my goddamn hair so much cuz I'm an anxious mess. <laughs> and from my boyfriend who proposed to me. That's my that's... New Year's resolution. <laughs> To make him. Didn't he tell you like two years? Didn't he say that? No,
1: that's when we're getting married.
0: Oh. <laughs> we already know. We know the date. I
1: don't know why he doesn't just fucking propose now. It's not like well, it's a surprise. Okay. So part like of cares. it
0: is he can't get a ring now. So just get like because, a fucking piece of string. Yeah. Well, because I'm my ring size is going to drop like four sizes right. when I have my surgery. Um, but I, he... I bought myself a new promise ring because I'm upgrading myself. <laughs> Cause I don't wait for him to do it, <laughs> but we're going for my birthday. We're going to the opera mm-hmm. to see my favorite opera, and I was like, you know, the Met is a great
1: place to propose to someone. Yeah, I mean, plus it's it's not that expensive to get a ring adjustment.
0: Yeah, but he doesn't. He can just give me like like what I wear. I just wear a sterling silver. Right, it te- it can just be a plate. It's like, like a, a twenty dollar ring. Or like, you know fine. what I love?
1: Like vintage rings. Like even a vintage <gasps> ring that like doesn't. Cost a lot. Like you can find one on Etsy that's like, yeah. forty bucks. Oh yeah, and it's like nice enough to like hold the place. And then once you lose the weight, you yeah you can get a real Upgrade. rig or you could get well, a new vintage rig. Yeah, that. yeah.
0: That's just that's all I want. See, See, just I just want, want him, him to diamonds. ask me. I just need, I don't want a diamond. I just need
1: pretty stuff. Uh, yeah, that's cute. I I like the vintagey stuff. I want moissanite, which is a terrible name. I don't
0: know what that is. It's like it's kind of like simulation diamond but it is naturally occurring but it's really rare rarer than diamond and it's it's pretty much the same hardness as a diamond because that's what i why do you want that it's cheaper oh (laughs) it's cheaper and it's the same hardness so i'm like that's fine it'll last aren't that
1: rare when you think about it no they are not hard pressed coal exactly
0: (laughs) it's it's all just a conspiracy from the diamond industry (laughs) Yeah, it's like look, it's pretty and see through, yeah. and it's like shouldn't and people I be die less it. for
1: see through things? Yeah, right.
0: <laughs> I just want him to ask me so I can start openly planning because I'm you're sick already open. I'm planning. sick of secret planning. He already knows you're planning. Oh no, he absolutely knows. So you're not being secret. <laughs> no, but I'm on the down low
1: from everyone else. Everyone knows you're planning. I <laughs> know. I know. I know the, the world colors. <laughs> I know Good the Lord. location. If you pick an ugly bridesmaid dress, oh, I will not come to girl, your wedding. <laughs>
0: no, I got you because it's going to be all the same color, but it'll be a collection. I can pick my own. So you can pick your Ooh, own style.
1: Oh, mine's going to be
0: fun. Right? Ooh, can I
1: do a mermaid? Yeah, of course. Okay, I think I'll do that.
0: <laughs> I was like, it's different for everyone because I know I would feel terrible. If it was like, everyone has to wear this, and yeah. and I well, was, also, was like, well, like, that doesn't work for me. Me and
1: you have the same problems with boobs. Oh, like, God, yes. With my sister-in-law's wedding, mm-hmm. it was strapless, and everyone oh, looked shit. so cute because everyone was tiny with a tiny dress. Yeah. And I looked like I was pregnant because it, it ended it, right under the boobs. Yeah, and then it just flows. And then it just flows. Yeah. And my boobs so are so like... big that I looked like a slutty pregnant, like... <laughs> Twenty year old, you
0: you look like a, a rectangle. Yeah, and yeah, that's like, what it. Is that's so the awful. Look you get. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's bad. People yeah, think I it looks like good that. on everyone, but it, it doesn't, doesn't when you're at all. When you have a big chest, even you could be the skinniest person in the world, but mm-hmm. it hangs off your chest. It, so so it yeah, looks it makes so you, big. It makes you look like you're all chest yeah. sized. Yeah. If it went it's in bad. a little bit, if there was like a belt or mm-hmm. something,
0: then it would. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm I'm letting people choose because one one cut does not fit all. Yeah, that's not a thing. So what are we talking about today? After this tangent, (laughs) experiments. I think. Okay, what did we do last time? Was um, was tragedies our last episode of the year?
1: Mm -hmm. (gasps) I think I can't remember anything. Year, I can't even remember what I did for the experiment.
0: This is our first episode of twenty eighteen. Yay! A whole new year. It'll be our first full year because we started in the middle of last year.
1: Yeah. Well, I wouldn't say the middle. The so end. Starting <laughs> like August.
0: <laughs> yeah, we, we started in the summer. Um, so I think I know what you chose. Yeah, I know what you chose. Yes. And you know what I chose. So you went first with tragedies. Okay. So I'll go first with this. That is normally how it works. Yeah. Put my hood up because I'm cold. <laughs> over the headphones. Yep.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not going to put the headphones <laughs> over the hood. <laughs>
0: so I'm Austin.
1: Okay, I'm reppy. I don't. I think it's <laughs> okay. too late, but okay. <laughs> no, they still need to know. We're fine. <laughs> if they can't figure it out by now, then leave. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, so I'm gonna tell everyone about the Russian dog experiments.
1: Yay! Yay!
0: They're terrible.
1: Yeah, they're not that
0: bad. And also, there are so many horrible experiments. We're gonna have to do more parts of this because really? there's so many good I ones. Don't, I can't name you one. Really? Not one. The Harlow monkey experiment.
1: I don't care about what you're saying. Oh, my God. (laughs) Experiments just don't interest me. We can do a bunch of episodes, but they don't... Like, I'm always just like, okay, now that's done. (laughs) Like, (laughs) okay. Well, I'll tell you about this one. In the early
0: 1900s, medical procedures such as blood transfusions and organ transplants were being developed. In the Soviet Union, several scientists were conducting experiments that would one day lead to these advancements. Over the course of 30 years, scientists. Oh, fuck, there are some bad names in <laughs> this Sergei Brukhonenko. Okay. brokhonenko That's not real. And Boris <laughs> Levin Skrovsky.
1: hmm. Sure. Okay, you <laughs>
0: conducted hundreds of operations to revive clinically dead organs. The preferred subject of these experiments were dogs. I think they had just like a lot of dogs in the well, Soviet Well, yeah, you Union. can get a
1: dog anywhere. Dogs know, were I, like rampant uh, yeah, and just running free. Yeah, I think they just free. roamed the street. They didn't have to ask anyone if they could have their dog. They were just like, look.
0: Yeah, a look, dog. Look, it's
1: dog. <laughs> I think dog. Exactly.
0: Brooke Honenko sought to invent a machine that would work as the heart and lungs do. The device would be used for open-heart surgeries and heart transplants so that the patient would be sustained by the machine while the heart was stopped during the procedure. By 1925, his autojector machine was ready to be shown to the public. The autojecture had pumps and a reserve of blood that would be oxygenated and pumped in and out of the body. By all accounts, the autojecture was a reliable machine. In order to develop and test the autojecture, however, countless tests had to be performed. These tests were recorded in the 10-minute film called Experiments in the Revival of Organs, Hmm. which was released in 1941. To begin with, organs such as hearts and lungs were removed from deceased dogs and then hooked up to machines similar to the autojecture. The organs would eventually seem to resume function. Brookhonenko, took (laughs) this idea to the next logical step, the reanimation of a severed dog's head. Yay. For this experiment, a freshly severed dog's head was hooked up to a supply of blood and oxygen, through the veins and arteries. Once the machine pumped enough oxygenated blood to the head, it began to react to physical, auditory, visual, and taste stimulation. In the video of this procedure, the dog head is seen blinking, licking its snout, reacting to bright light, and moving its ears. How does that have to do with taste? Well, because they um, they put citric acid on its nose and it licks it. But we don't know if it tasted it. Well, it just
1: licked its nose. It would have well. It, it
0: tasted that it was there. They put it on its lips, and it's it could be Did a they feel thing. Interview the dog. <laughs> no, the dog cannot talk so, as it could not in in life. So <laughs> we don't know. We, it's true. We don't know. <laughs> in the video, it is stated that the dogs had lasted for a couple of hours before returning to its deceased state, but in reality, it was a few minutes. <laughs> we'll see this kind of hyperbole later on too. Is it hyperbole? Or just what lying. lying. What, what? What was it? <laughs> they said I'm the. forgotten. They said the dogs had lasted a few hours, but really it was a few minutes. Yeah, no, that's a lie. That's just a lie. Brookhonenko then continued on to see if an entire animal could be brought back from the dead. These tests were done by essentially killing a dog and then reviving it with the yeah, autojecture essentially quiet. it was but yeah it was they cult. killed it but it wasn't <laughs> like they bludgeoned it to death right. or some shit well
1: it's still dead though yeah it's still dead <laughs> technically killed
0: it first a anti-blood clotting device was given not device an anti-blood clotting <laughs> An anti-blood clotting medication was given to the unconscious dog. After this was done, the dog's reactions to certain stimuli were tested, and its pupil dilation was noted. Basically, in the video, you see they just poke it in the eye with a <laughs> little stick. Yeah, but I thought the dog was awake. No, it's it's out. Then how are they testing its stimulus? Uh, because they open its eye and they poke it and see if like yeah, but it's... that's just your eye. Yeah.
1: The soul so that's all that, they it. Yeah,
0: that's it. The dog was hooked up to a machine that measured its heartbeat and breathing. Next, the dog's blood was drained through its carotid artery. This would slow the heart until it was inactive, essentially causing death. The dog- causing death. Causing death. <laughs> the dog would take one notable final breath before ceasing all bodily functions. I was wondering if the dog pooped itself during this, but we'll never know. <laughs> Once the dog no longer reacted to stimuli, the autojecture was inserted. The arterial pump was connected to the artery, and the venous pump was inserted into the vein, as you would expect. Ten minutes after death, the autojecture would be started. The blood that had previously been drained from the dog was then pumped back into the body through the machine. With blood circulating through the arteries and veins, the heart was kick-started and it would begin to beat again. Shortly after this, the dog would begin slowly breathing. Finally, the dog would begin reacting to stimuli again, would be taken off of the autojecture, and would resume normal organ function. After a 10 to 12 day recovery, the dog would be, quote, returned to its normal state. In the video, the narrator states that the dogs lived healthy lives long after being reanimated, but in reality, they came out of the procedure heavily brain-damaged and usually lived only a few days.
1: You told me they (laughs) lived a long time. Nope.
0: You're a liar. (laughs) After Brukhonenko's experiments, another Soviet scientist named Vladimir Demikhov... (laughs) 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 <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> began his own experimentation on dogs. Demick Holve had already done years of research and experimentation on canine organ transplants by the late 1950s. Demick Holve decided to attempt to graft the head and half of the body of a puppy onto the body of an adult dog. Why? <laughs> just for shits and giggles. It, so unneeded. <laughs> right? No, that's just because you can, I guess. There are just so many dogs. <laughs> Just kill him. <laughs> nope.
1: Just club him. You gotta them go like the long seals. way. <laughs> Give him to Corella DeVille. She'll make coats for you.
0: None of them had particularly nice coats. None of them. Well, the head did. The head had a nice <gasps> coat. I will say that. Dimit Hulv sought to create one cir- circulatory system that could sustain two creatures. He carried out this experiment twice. Each time, linking the arteries of the smaller animal to those of the bigger animal, and using the larger animal's heart to serve both heads. To prepare for the attachment, the smaller dog's body was removed right below the rib cage, and each blood vessel was tied off. Can you imagine? They can't tie them off. Just little tying. You think they tie them in a knot? I mean, I think it's like how they <laughs> say they tie your. Kids. Yeah. Well, no, they probably, probably cauterize knot. them or yeah. some shit. The larger dog was then operated on at the base of its neck, and the smaller dog's blood vessels were joined with that of the larger dog. The first pair could move independently, ate, drank, and responded to stimuli as normal. Unfortunately, the pair died just four days after surgery. The second pair lasted 38 days and were stuffed and given to the Medical History Museum (laughs) in Latvia. And it's that's disgusting. the
1: Russian dog experiments. It's so gross. Why? It is it's well, and so basically, they made a <laughs> bypass machine, and then someone was like, "Now I'm going to connect two random dogs." <laughs> yeah, it was well. the The dog head thing was kind of random, yeah. um, but you see the you see video and
0: pictures of these the dogs with two heads. It's not really a two headed dog. It's just you know, it's just a dog with another dog sewn on. Yeah, and like <laughs> the bigger dog is like. What the fuck?
1: Yeah, that poor dog is like. Well, I mean, well, it's not. Well, it doesn't not, look sad. Doesn't,
0: it looks annoyed. <laughs> yeah,
1: I mean, I'd be annoyed. Yeah, it's like, what? Why? Why did you glue this thing onto me? Although it's what probably is not it? thinking anything because it doesn't have a brain anymore. Its brain is the puppy's brain.
0: No, <laughs> they're independent. But he, they're so two heads. It still has its entire body. The other dog is just sewn into its body or on and in. So it's like it's like the um, the top uh, left arm of the puppy and up to its right shoulder.
1: Why? I (laughs) thought they took off one dog's head. It wasn't a transplant.
0: It was just let's sew one onto the other.
1: I mean, for one, you're not very good surgeons if it didn't work. And it, they <laughs> no, died. it worked, but they they yeah, died later. Like it's not that because hard, one also... heart can't can't pump that much. It's not made for that, you know. Right, but also like it, it's no one's ever going to need that ever. No, in no the of one. Forever. It's true.
0: I mean, these experiments did lead to like the organ transplants Nothing. we have today and shit like that. Because you don't
1: need head transplants. They're do they they're doing no, one yeah, where you take off someone's head and put yeah. a new head. No, they're not making no two-headed. No people. one's like she's gonna die if she doesn't get another head. Like, it would no. be like it would be
0: like if you were there and they're like, you know what?
1: Let's sew this baby's head to her. Yeah, like what? There's yeah. no need for that. And it, how it, would <laughs> you expect the the puppy to grow then from then on? You and you when the dog didn't dies, what yeah. happens to the puppy? They both die because they share a heart. Fucking idiots.
0: Yeah, because basically the puppy's veins were just like, okay, well, you're in the other dog's veins now. Like, they were just connected, so it was all one heart feeding both of them. Yeah. And, like, the big dog just looks mildly annoyed. Yeah, well. And then the puppy is, like, trying to move all over the place, and the other dog is like, stop.
1: That's so stupid. Yeah. That's why I hate experiments.
0: They're so (laughs) dumb.
1: Mine's dumb, too. Why know. is yours Shut dumb? Up. I don't know. Should it's just go... stupid. There's no point to it.
0: <laughs> There's always a point. There's not a point. We wouldn't have all the wonderful, terrible things we have
1: today if no, not we for wouldn't. them. We would have everything. We, <laughs> if my experiment didn't happen, we'd still have everything. If your experiment didn't happen, we'd still have everything. No, we wouldn't have They just have made a bypass machine.
0: <laughs> yeah, but it was the first one. Right,
1: but if that exact experiment didn't happen, another one would just happen.
0: Well, maybe they would have done it on monkeys. Maybe. Who knows? It would have like the two had a dog thing. Wouldn't no that that didn't do much for us. But that the guy who did it pioneered a bunch of really important shit that I
1: didn't write down. Well, I feel like he shouldn't have. (laughs) I feel like no one should take anything that he says because he's an idiot who was like, (laughs) 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 he's an idiot. Like I mean, (laughs) it's just so dumb. I just can't stop thinking about the fucking
0: adult dog who's just like, why, why is this happening? I was fine. In the same boat. I was fine, just stealing bread from poor people in the Soviet Union, and now here I am. Poor
1: people didn't have bread in the Soviet Union. That was the issue. (laughs) Okay. Turnips, whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Vodka. Um. Well, I guess I'll do mine. Yes. This is the Stanford Prison Experiment. It was conducted in 1971. At the Stanford University in California, mm-hmm. it was run by a man named Philip Zimbardo. Him and the Navy basically both wanted to figure out whether brutality reported, like with guards and prisoners, was due to guards just having really bad personalities, mm-hmm. <laughs> or due to the like in the prison environment.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: So, like, was it dispositional or situational? Mm-hmm. And the experiment was funded by the Navy. And uh it took So it was funded by us. My we yeah, sure. were the Navy. <laughs> um, well,
0: taxpayers. Right.
1: So they chose to, to to put it towards us, yes. This mm-hmm. this stupid experiment. <laughs> okay. It's not stupid. It's super meaningful. Okay. <laughs> um I just it's just at the end of it, I'm just like, Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, like you thought it would be. Everyone obvious. could see Yeah. But so um the experiment is basically this. They got college students at Stanford mm-hmm. to volunteer.
0: So, and they're smart ones. They're supposed to be smart.
1: I mean, they didn't test them for that.
0: But <laughs> Well, if they go to Stanford, they're supposed to be, you know.
1: Or they're just rich. Me too. <laughs> um, so in total, 24 men were chosen who, they got tested to make sure they were psychologically stable and healthy. Mm-hmm. And the partic- participants were mostly white and mostly middle class and none of them had criminal records or backgrounds or any experience with the criminal law.
0: Could you imagine if they just put one guy in there who had been in prison? <laughs> who thought for a it bunch was a years? real
1: prison though.
0: <laughs> just like he's carving a shank and stuff, and everyone <laughs> else is like, What are you doing? Dude.
1: <laughs> this is how it's how it works. <laughs> um, so they all agreed to participate for a seven to fourteen day period, and they received $15 per day, which is approximately $90 per day in 2017.
0: I would do it. I I need that money. Are you kidding
1: me? I would do anything. I don't (laughs) care. I'm very poor. Yes. (laughs) So, the experiment was conducted in a 35-foot section of the basement of the Stanford Psychology Building, Mm -hmm. called Jordan Hall. And the prison was basically, it was fabricated with there was two main walls, one at the entrance and one at the, like the cells to block observation. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And each cell was only six by nine feet and it contained a cot for the prisoners. Mm -hmm.
0: Uh,
1: The guards lived. They lived technically there too, but they were given like rest and relaxation areas and like TVs and shit. Mm -hmm. Zimbardo took the role of like superintendent and, uh, like, head guard, what's that called? Oh, you know, warden. Yes. Warden. A warden. And he designed the experiment in order to induce disorientation, depersonalization, and de-individuation... de-individuation. <laughs> in the participants. So yeah, like Yeah, so he was a deck. Yeah, so they <laughs> all had numbers. They weren't called mm-hmm. by name. They yeah. all like had to do shit together. There wasn't any individuals, you mm-hmm. know. And guards were instructed not to physically harm the prisoners mm-hmm. and they couldn't like withhold their food or drink. But they were told Zimbardo is seen in a video saying, "You can create in the prisoners feeling of boredom, a sense of fear to some degree. You can create a notion of arbitrariness that their life is totally controlled by us by the system you me and they'll have no privacy we're going to take away their individuality in various ways in general what all this leads to is a sense of powerlessness this is in this situation we'll have all the power and they'll have none so so you know, but why? could you but,
0: imagine if it was like we, we just to a degree some fear and then one of the guards is just like Around a corner, and they come <laughs> by. He's like, Boo! <laughs> <"Whoa." laughs> and they're like, Ah! He's like, Yeah, what, what are you gonna do now, number seven? Remember <laughs> that. Remember that.
1: Remember my it name. It just
0: keeps happening, and all the other guards are like, God damn it, does this guy not understand? Um, <laughs> he comes to work with a white sheet, Yeah, he just ooh. escalates,
1: and no one knows what to do with this jerk. So the researchers provided the guards with wooden batons. To establish their status. However, they weren't supposed to use them. (laughs) Supposed to. Um, And they dressed similar to an actual guard. They had khaki shirts and pants. They dressed like dicks. And like, they bought them from like a military store, so they were all Mm -hmm. like, kind of legit. And uh, they had sunglasses to prevent eye contact. So these (laughs) fuckers were in a basement wearing sunglasses. Mm -hmm. And all khaki, which is just so scary. Um, Prisoners wore uncomfortable ill-fitting smocks and stocking caps as well as a chain around their ankle which is also like you know real prisoners don't walk around prison with chains around their it's ankle. only when they're out kind of yeah. depending on it, it where. does depend on where like if they're out in the yard they're not wearing fucking no
0: it's only if they're if you're being brought somewhere to work
1: yeah but you yeah. don't wear cha- you don't wear like a ball and chains. you no. wear like cuffs but for your ankle, so they're together together. yeah you don't wear a ball like this this is not all the times never you never put a ball around someone's ankle because
0: they could they could hit you with it and they
1: could still just run it's just a ball like
0: (laughs) well it's supposed to be like a cannonball like really yeah but
1: but if they really i mean some people are really big like it's true they're they could lift it see
0: that would always be my problem what if they just roundhouse kick you with the ball yeah
1: like i mean but they had one also who wear smocks none of them like prisoners don't wear maybe they're there to paint art or (laughs) okay (laughs) and guards were instructed to call prisoners by their assigned number which were sewn onto their uniform you know like the nazis you 69 (laughs) (laughs) prisoners were actually arrested so police like went to these students homes in the middle of the night and arrested them for armed robbery
0: could you imagine being the parent and it's just like, what's well, I, happening? I
1: th- would think they would tell their parents. And then
0: it's like, no, don't worry. Like, it's an experiment. And that's just the lamest excuse anyone's ever used yeah. for getting arrested. Yeah.
1: And then the local Palo Alto police department assisted with the arrest and they took mugshots and processed, fake processed them, all that stuff. Um, they were also strip searched. Awesome, but I don't understand. But were they cavity searched? No. (laughs) (laughs) And the small um, prison cells were set up to hold three prisoners each. Mm. And there was a small corridor for a prison yard and a closet for solitary confinement. And a bigger room for prisoners, or from the prisoners, which the guards and the warden could use. Prisoners were to stay in their cells and the yard all day and night until the end of the study. The guards worked in, like so there was basically three on for an eight hour shift Mm -hmm. and then they could leave or they could stay in the little, so they didn't have to stay there. Yeah. If you were a guard, you could go Mm -hmm. home. You didn't have to be there.
0: It was like being a real guard. Like you could. Yeah.
1: yeah. So for the first day, nothing really happened. Everyone was just getting adjusted. Chill. Uh, the second day I wrote it escalated real quick. So (laughs) prisoners in cell, uh, one blockaded their cell doors with their beds. Why? <laughs> took off their stocking caps, refused to come out and follow the guards' instructions, and guards from other shifts had to volunteer to work extra hours to assist in subduing the revolt. Oh, God.
0: So it took them 24 hours to have a revolt.
1: Yeah, they ended up attacking the prisoners with fire extinguishers <gasps> without being supervised by the research staff. So oh, they just fucking course. did what That's they wanted. Great. Wonderful. Right. So it turns out... <laughs> That, you know, handling nine cellmates with only three guards wasn't <laughs> helpful. Yeah. So one of the guards suggested that they use psychological tactics to control them. So they set up a privileged cell in mm-hmm. which the prisoners who were not involved in the riot were treated. They got like special mm-hmm. rewards and better food and all this stuff. Um. But the privileged inmates chose not to eat the meal in, uh, because they wanted to like stick it out with their fellow inmates. Yeah. They were like, no, they did what's right. So they must have done some shit that was worthy of this revolt.
0: Yeah, it's weird. I wonder
1: what. Because if their it was just like a bunch was. of college
0: kids going like, uh-huh,
1: let's we're revolt, revolt yeah. Then I'd be like, well, I'm gonna eat my steak because they were just being idiots. <laughs> yeah, but like there might have been. If they were yeah. being like beaten or something, I would have been like, no, yeah, they should have revolted. Yeah. So guards forced the prisoners to repeat their assigned numbers to reinforce their idea that. Like, they're not human anymore. So they'd be like, say your number, what's your number? Blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Um, And soon, the guards used prisoner counts to harass the prisoners. uh, And they used physical punishment, such as protracted exercise. So they'd make you, like, run for Mm -hmm. whatever, a bunch of time. Or, like, carry a person around the room or something while you ran. Like, stupid Uh shit like that. And uh, sanitary conditions started to decline, uh, the guards refused to allow some prisoners to urinate. So the guards were like, you can't use the bathroom, basically. Mm-hmm. Here's a bucket. So they yeah. peed and pooped in a bucket, basically. And then the guards were like, nope, you can't empty out the bucket. Ugh. And so uh, mattress, mattresses started to be a valued item in the prison. And guards would punish prisoners by removing their mattresses, leaving them to sleep on the concrete, mm-hmm. which is like... That doesn't happen in jail, but okay. Um, <laughs> some prisoners were forced to be naked. Uh, several guards became increasingly cruel, and experimenters reported that approximately one-third of the guards exhibited genuine sadistic tendencies. No oh God. Most of the guards were upset when the experiment was halted o- only after six days. They were like, "What? Mm-hmm. why? Why did it a good time? Um, it's all fun. They like it. Yeah, <laughs> we're what By the third day, a prisoner was like going insane. He was like, mm-hmm. he was like screaming and crying and like yelling at the wall in whatever his name is, Zabin Bird or whatever his name. The guy who ran the prison, the <laughs> the okay. experiment was like, oh, we seriously have to let him go because he's suffering from like a mental break. Yeah. So he leaves, and. Uh, the guards hear a rumor that the released prisoner was going to come back for his friends and free the remaining inmates. Oh, God. Zimbardo and the guards disassembled the prison and moved it into a different floor of the building in case the released prisoner showed up. And then Zimbardo waited in the basement because he was going to be like... Mm-hmm. Oh, surprise! well, he was going to be like, the experiment has been terminated. Don't mm-hmm. worry. Um, but the released prisoner never returned. And the prison was built in the basement again.
0: <laughs> he was just like, bye.
1: Yeah. So eventually Zimbardo's girlfriend comes on the picture and that's how it gets disembarked. But
0: mm-hmm. wasn't he banging one of his students? Or yeah, something? that's the student. Yeah. It's
1: it, like his fucking girlfriend comes in and she's she's interviewing mm-hmm. them and she's like, I don't think this is okay morally. Yeah. And he's like, oh. Ugh. Because she was the first person in all those researches and all those people who came in, she was the first person to be like, is this okay morally? Nor- and they were yeah. like, it's unethical. Oh, yeah. we forgot about that.
0: We forgot about morals. Yeah.
1: Zimbardo aborts the experiment early. Oh, Christina Maslach is mm-hmm. the graduate student and she eventually marries him. Ugh. After all this? Yeah. <laughs> and... uh He argued that the prisoners had started to internalize their roles since Mm -hmm. some had stated they would accept parole, even if it meant forfeiting their pay, despite the fact that quitting would have achieved the same result without the delay involved in waiting for their parole request to be granted or denied. Oh,
0: my gosh.
1: Yeah. So they could have just been like, bye.
0: Yeah, um, but they were so into the they were like, oh, I'll take parole. Yeah.
1: Also, he argued that there was no reason to continue participation (laughs) if you weren't going to get money. Yeah. I get it if you're like, oh, I'm going to take parole because I'll still get paid. Mm -hmm. But if you're not going to get paid, then you might as well just quit. Yeah. Prisoner number 416, a newly admitted standby prisoner, expressed concern about treatment of other prisoners. The guards responded uh, with abuse when he was like, hey, that guy's peeing in a book Maybe we shouldn't and naked do this. and his yeah. bruises all over the place and so they beat him. Oh, of course. And uh so they did get physical violence. Yeah, and he he refused to eat sausages at one point saying he was going on a hunger strike and he was stuck inside of a dark closet and the guards instructed the other prisoners to repeatedly punch on the door while shouting 416 his number. Mm-hmm. And uh the guards said he could be released from solitary confinement only if the prisoners gave up their blankets and slept on bare mattresses, which everyone except for one prisoner said they would mm-hmm. do. It seemed that it was situational. Mm-hmm. That's what people came to, to see, that it was situational rather than individual personalities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because before this, none of these people were sadistic. No. Yeah. You know, the weirdest thing, though, is. Because Zimbardo says that, that whole, like, but they could have just left. But apparently they could have. He told everyone, yes, you can leave whenever mm-hmm. you want. It's totally safe. And then people would be like, I want to go home. And he'd be like, oh, no, you can't. not let them? Yeah. Oh, so you wouldn't let people leave. Even knowing that they were being observed, guards and prisoners acted differently than normal. Mm-hmm. And some guards felt the need to show their dominance, even when it wasn't, like, necessary. So one guard says... What came over me was not an accident. It was planned. I set out with my definite plan in mind to try to force the action, force something to happen, so that the researchers would have something to work with. After all, what could they possibly learn from guys sitting around like it was a country club? So I consciously created a persona. I was in the kinds of drama productions in high school and college, and it was something I was very familiar with. To take another personality before you and step on the stage. I was kind of running with my own experiment in there by saying, how far can I push these things and how much abuse will these people take before they say knock it off? But the other guys didn't stop me. They seemed to join in. They were taking my lead. Not a single guard ever said, I don't think we should do this. So no one ever stopped him. He was one of the guards who like started beating them. Yeah,
0: and So he's pretty much just yeah.
1: a drama nerd who right. was, well, like, was like, well, he was like, I'm going to do this and see when they told me to yeah. stop. And then and they then did they it didn't. and he, it like went to his head basically. Yeah. And, uh, it also turns out that selection bias might play a ro- have played a role in the results because mm-hmm. there was another experiment done where basically for the Stanford Prison Experiment he put up flyers that were like prison study mm-hmm. and people would respond to that. So there was an ex there was another one where it was like people put up flyers that said prison studies and then people put exp- up flyers that said experimental study mm-hmm. and then in the details it said like. It's going to be a prison, Prison, blah, blah, blah. And it it turned out more aggressive and angry people replied to the prison study. (laughs) Uh (laughs) They had higher traits in social dominance, aggression, authoritarianism, and had lower traits related to empathy and altruism. Oh, gosh.
0: and Yeah, well, because they were probably like, I'm going to be a guard and I'm going to
1: beat some people up. Yeah. Yeah, but basically the results were on par with the Milgram experiment, Mm -hmm. which is the one where people sat in a room and they They were like, yeah, if you at first you were just shocking them a little bit and a little bit. And then it got to the point where it's like, well, if you shock them now, they'll die. Something crazy like 90 percent of the people still went and shocked them. Yeah. Cause it's like you're following what you think you're supposed to do. Yeah,
0: it's all about following orders, like the Nazis.
1: Right. Right. Exactly. mm -hmm. It gets so bad, and you you know you you just you just trust that you're following orders. These guards were like, "Oh, I'm supposed to be aggressive," Mm -hmm. and then eventually they became what they thought they were supposed to be. Yeah. And no one was ever like, "Don't do that." Mm
0: -hmm.
1: No one gave them the option to not do it. No one was like, "You can or you can't be aggressive." Yes. It was just like, "Be aggressive."
0: Be aggressive. Uh,
1: So it turns out like the biggest issue people had with the experiment was that it was unethical and that people weren't allowed to leave. That was the biggest, (laughs) the biggest. But it did lead to implementations of rules to procedures like how you can't be harmful in different treatments of participants for human Mm. studies. Mm -hmm. So now there's a whole like for America, it's the institutional review board and for the UK it's ethics committee Mm -hmm. and it has to go through all these guidelines and it has to decide basically if the potential benefit for science outweighs the possible risk for physical and psychological harm. Mm -hmm. So this experiment in the end is basically like, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it because some of these people went fucking crazy Mm -hmm. and also I mean, I, um, I'm a fucking idiot. I could have told you that. You put a bunch of <laughs> men in a room, <laughs> you and think they're just going to be women, fucking aggressive. Would... Well, women are going to be catty bitches mm-hmm. too, but you like think they're they're not going to outright. Well, make I don't think they're gonna fuck and... it yeah because that's gross I don't think nah. women would be like yeah shit in a pot I think mm-hmm. they'd be like fuck you you're I think they might make them be naked and stuff like that and but and like take things away from right. some but yeah. also but also mm-hmm. if you give people the okay to be aggressive mm-hmm. I think people will be aggressive yeah because they think especially in like a school setting like think about a teacher coming in and being like so we I, I once had a music teacher in college and she was like, she would come into the room and be like, yell as loud as you want. Mm-hmm. You know what we all did? We all fucking yelled. Mm-hmm. Because we finally had excuse to do something we always kind of wanted to do. Yeah. So we'd scream at the top of our lungs. And then she fucking connected it back to whatever music or something. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> so if someone comes in the room and is like, okay, I finally give you the permission to be like the big man on campus. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, everyone wants to feel like they're better than everyone Mm -hmm. even if you don't want to admit it yeah so you finally have someone going you're better than them and you can treat them like you're better than them Mm -hmm. and of course guys are going to take it to the extreme Mm. and be like you're right I am fucking better than you and all of a sudden it's well I'm better than him so I can I can kick his ass yeah because I'm better than him and he can't fight back yeah and it's also we're
0: talking about white guys young Mm -hmm. adults that are from middle wealthy families families. That go to this prestigious school. Right. Already think a lot of themselves probably. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah. That kind of shit. I mean, you're giving someone an okay... To do whatever they want. Yeah. And no one stopped them. It's not like someone punched the first guy and someone came out and was outraged where it's yeah. like they were just like oh, I else? should stop that. No one No. So they probably were like, Oh, they want me to punch them. Yeah. They want me to beat them up because mm-hmm. that's what real guards do. Yeah. But it's like, right, but this isn't actually really jail. Like, yeah. I mean It's it's literally a basement. Yeah. You're
0: in a basement.
1: Right. Of your college. And you're getting paid.
0: <laughs> so and you're it's, a student. Right. <laughs> it's
1: like it's crazy. And Yeah the fact that, like, and a lot of prisoners became, like, really withdrawn and stuff because, mm-hmm. yeah, you start to feel like you're not a person. Yeah. So you're like, no, yeah. I can't fight back. I wonder what the long-term
0: effects were for the people who yeah, I don't participated. Know. I
1: think that mostly it was okay, like, because they got out yeah. and they probably needed fucking therapy, but <sighs> I mean, you're being told you're not worth it, so yeah. eventually you're gonna feel like you're not worth it. Yeah, like, you're not, sad. you know? It's yeah. just like, how could you not think that you can't possibly think that it just happenstance that they every single prison in america hires sadistic people yeah no it's so fucking stupid and i watch my fair share of
0: prison reality tv shows and most of them are just really nice people yeah
1: i mean there's always going to be stupid yeah you have to monitor who you hire Mm -hmm. and you have to have Basics, because even the nicest person, if you worked at a jail for four mm-hmm. years, for four years you saw people be like, people came up to you and was like, if they get a little rowdy, punch them in the face. Mm-hmm. At first you might be like, punch them in the face, yeah. but then all of a sudden someone someone threatens you and tells you they're going to shank you and you punch them in the face mm-hmm. once and you're like, well, I guess now I can punch people in the face. And all of a sudden someone fucking sneezes out of line and you're punching people in the yeah. face. You know what yeah. I mean? Like eventually it just becomes normal. Wow. That's yeah. why prisons need to be better. They need oh, well, prison
0: reform. Well, prisons are a fucking mess. Yeah. They're a nightmare right now.
1: We talked about this last episode. We, we talk about this all the time. like Because it's understand. so
0: intertwined with true crime. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We have terrible yeah. fucking I hate people who are some... like,
1: well, it's a robber, so he'll go to he'll, he'll go to jail for 10 years and then he'll be a better person. It's no. Like, no. Mm-mm. If you're sending someone to jail for more than a year, send them to jail for life because... The prison, the way prison is now, he's going to come out a fucking murderer. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Usually they'll come out worse because they're surrounded by bad people who are like, well, quote unquote, bad people. Society deems as bad people. Um, And they
1: come out and it's people going, well, I don't want to hire you. You just got out of prison. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I guess I'll steal one more thing to get a little money for food. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, now I'm just stealing again.
0: It's just, it, it creates. This is what my dad always says. He says, once you're. Once you get involved with like the police or crime or anything like that, they suck you in mm-hmm. it's a, it's gets to the point where it's impossible to get out right
1: well, one person says you're a bad guy and you're a bad guy, yeah, it's and, like when
0: things stick to you like if right. you get one charge, then another charge isn't right. so horrible to throw on you the cops think oh well they're already a bad person right. we might as well just you and know And also
1: it's like it's like when um when someone goes to a psychiatric hospital mm-hmm. okay well then everything they say from now on is well she's crazy though Yeah So if a bad guy not a bad guy you know someone who you know a fucking idiot kid who thought it'd be okay to rob a grocery store at 18 gets mm-hmm. out of jail 10 years later and says and now he's in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he says, no, I just, I just happened to be here. It's, it's like, well, yeah, yeah, you're a thief. Yeah. So no, it, we're not going to believe it you.
0: Absolutely. In our justice system, it colors the perception of you. Yeah. Even if, I mean, it could be, you could have served your time. You could have. Well, pretty much rehabilitated yourself because it's not like they're yeah. working on that at all. You know, gotten a degree, done all their stuff. And the world is still going to look you're at gonna you get like out and a people, bad person. And some
1: people are like I'm not saying like fucking child molesters and yeah. murderers are going to get out and I'm going to be like, but they did jail time. But like, yeah, if you stole one fucking car, mm-hmm. you're an idiot. But you spent 10 years in jail. OK, yeah, I'm not going to judge you for the rest of your life for that. Mm hmm. But some people are like, well, they are—they went to jail, so they're bad. Yeah, they don't care it's, what they say. Yeah, it's a—it's it's, a bad. System. It's like, um, you know, Croc from uh, from, from DC Comics. Oh, the, the world believed Killer Croc. The yeah, the yeah. world believed he was a monster, so he became one.
0: I feel like this is the second time we've used that exact quote and talked
1: about. Killer I Croc. I love Killer Croc. <laughs> I just love the comics because they're so beautifully written. Uh-huh. Where it's like oh, the world, like, that's such a good quote. Like, that's such a good representation of the mm-hmm. world we live in where it's like, yeah. oh, everyone said you're scary, you're a bad person, look at your face. And so all of a sudden he was like, well, if everyone's going to treat me like I'm this monster, I'll just be one. Yeah. Because at least they'll get the benefits of being a monster.
0: Yeah. And you don't have to constantly fight against yeah. the assumption. No, you're just like, yeah, you're right, I'm a fucking
1: monster. I'm going to eat your child now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> not that he did that. but Not, not that we know of. Yeah. <laughs> but So just remember that, people. <laughs> so those
1: are our experiments. Yeah. I won't make you do experiments again because... We can't. We just have to do it like... You just have to give me a few weeks for me to really get into one. <laughs> okay.
0: Because, I mean, aren't you a psychology major now?
1: Yeah, but experiments <laughs> don't like... I like to study why people did things. Uh-huh. But experiments are... There's always going to be a bias with experiment Mm. because in the back of everyone's mind they're thinking it's okay it's just an experiment Uh like even in this Stanford thing Mm -hmm. that's not the way a real prisoner would act because at least in the back of their minds they get out of it at some point where a real prisoner might be like well I'm just going to kill the guy I'm in here forever anyway Yeah, so you'll never know it's very hard to recreate circumstances so you'll never really know and I'm interested in real people so like I want to like, making them Or not making a murderer. Fucking the other one. The one with the FBI. Oh, Mindhunter? Mindhunter. Like, I'm interested in that stuff because they're going to the real... They don't have to recreate anything mm-hmm. and be like, well, I like, guess this is basically it. Yeah. They know it. Where it's like, mm-hmm. I don't want to look at experiments and be like... I, or, like, the experiments with, like, Bobo the Clown or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, those are interesting because they're real. That uh-huh. child is doing that aggression. Oh, no God. one's telling them to. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. It's not recreating that. It's not putting a person in the child's place and be like, Mm -hmm. imagine you're a child. You know what I mean? So it's like, I like that stuff.
0: What about, have you ever heard of the, I think they called it something stupid, like the devil experiment or some shit like that with the kids who stuttered. I don't remember. There's one where, Oh God, I forget where it was, but this psychologist, I think it was a female. She like speech coached these kids And some kids who didn't have a stutter, she was like, you have a terrible stutter. And she worked with them and then they developed a terrible stutter. I did. Yeah. And it like severely impacted their self-worth, their confidence throughout their entire life. There's
1: a bunch of experiments like that. There was one from, I don't know, I was in psychology. When did I take my first psychology class? Mm. Like four years ago, Mm -hmm. five years ago. And there was a study. It was only done for like a week. It wasn't this, these kids whole life and Mm -hmm. and they were like 13 or 14 and a psychologist sat there and basically was like, you're colorblind. Uh huh. And so by the end of the week they thought they were like, well, this is green, but I'm colorblind. So it's really red. Like Uh at the end of the week, they had them believing that they were colorblind. And in the end they were like, you're not colorblind. That's so fucked up. And, and the, all the kids in the end just like kind of laughed it off and they're mm-hmm. like, oh, great, I'm not colorblind. But kids. it's like it just shows that if you say it enough and you're an authoritarian an person, yeah. that's that was the whole thing. Like, can we make someone who for whatever, 12 years, mm-hmm. they were like, I'm not colorblind. And I changed it in a week yeah. by being like, I know what I'm talking about. And you're colorblind. Yeah.
0: And them trusting trusting. Yeah. And then
1: me like, well. I trust her because she's a doctor and she's wearing a white coat, so I must be colorblind. Yeah, I really like the one where they have the, the fucking college students. They they come in and they're like, uh, "You have to take this this medicine or whatever," and it's like for a week. It's for like something like migraines mm-hmm. or something, whatever they have, and it's a placebo. And then at the end of the week, they everyone comes in – well, not everyone, but, like, a bunch of people come in, and they're like, yeah, I felt better. Every time I took it, like, I felt better. Mm-hmm. And then they uh, they, like, meet their doctors again, and the doctors are like, yeah, I'm actually – it was. Whatever, a janitor yeah. or whatever. And immediately they're like, I knew the pills weren't going to work. And then they were like, well, yeah, they were actually placebos. Uh huh. So, like, it was a mind fuck mm-hmm. over a mind fuck. Like, you automatically believed that you should take those pills. You didn't question anything. Mm-hmm. A young doctor came in and said, take these and walked out. And you were like, okay. I'll take them. Yeah. No one was like, but why? And mm-hmm. it's like, what do they do? Like, what are the. They were all just like, I think there was like three people who were like, well, why? I need more information. Yeah. And then the doctor came in and gave them more. So it was like a, a little better, mm-hmm. but most of them were just like, okay, I'm taking these pills now. Yeah, they just went along And with then that. they thought the pills worked, God. which placebos have been done thousands of times. Oh, yeah. But part of it was because it's like, well, a doctor gave it to me. Yeah. Like a lot of people in their interviews afterwards were like, well, I assumed it would work. A because doctor it a gave doctor. it to me. Yeah. But they do gender and race. So, like, a male doctor comes in and oh, tells someone okay. something, yeah. and then a female doctor, co- like, so they didn't believe the female as much as the male. And, like, some people didn't believe the black guy as much as the yeah. white guy, and vice versa. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like. Well, why didn't you believe this? Per- you know? Wow. They said the same thing, just a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And when the white guy said it, everyone was like, OK. okay. And when Ugh. the girl said it, some people were like, well, can I talk to someone? Like, I just uh, want to get another opinion. And when the black guy said it, some people were like, well, I just want to see someone, you know? Yeah. It's like, surprise, yeah. you're terrible people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have our bias that yeah. some people just don't, even uh, Even so, like, I don't consider myself racist or sexist mm-hmm. or anything but i have a bias yeah. that i just have to con- that i constantly work against
0: yeah you have to check i it. know
1: it's there yeah mm-hmm. we're like same with you but then yeah. some people are like no i'm not biased those are the people who are bi- like those are the people who see a black doctor and go oh i need a second yeah. opinion yeah you know what i mean like it's like you have to like watch
0: out for your own biases that you might not even Realize,
1: right, you know. Right, and some of them aren't necessarily bad. Like I might have, I mean, if I I've never done it, I've never been like, oh, he's black, so I don't trust him as mm-hmm. much. But growing up, I only had white doctors, so mm-hmm. there might be some bias, and they've all been male. Yeah, so there might be a bias that I don't even know. That's not necessarily, oh, I don't like black people or women. It might just be, well, I I've always trusted it's, a white male. Yeah, so I I'm just more inclined to trust a white male. Mm-hmm. But if that I, ever popped in my mind, I'd be like, "That's ridiculous." Well,
0: and and it could also be
1: your parents only trusted white males, right? So now. it's like, you, well, now yeah. I'm just used to that. Mm-hmm. So it's what I'm more comfortable, even not trustworthy. Even it's just that's what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, a white male's doctor mm-hmm. is always who I've had. But I mean, I've had other doctors. Yeah. So I I, I know either I don't have the bias or I've worked against it. Yeah. But my best doctor is my Asian one. He used he once called me and he was like, "So I had this ringtone. It was uh, it was by." I can't remember the band. It's I'm Not Sick, But I'm Not Well. And it's so fun, because I'm in hell. No, one no, no, I don't know it. Paranoia, paranoia, everybody's coming to get me. I
0: feel like I vaguely know it, but I don't know well, who if it's you're by. Born
1: you're boring. Mm. Yeah, it's by Lit or something like that. I don't know. Uh-huh. And uh, it's by the same band that sings, uh, they sing, Please Tell Me Why. Yeah, I think it's the same band. But yeah. he once called me because I have this thing on my neck, and mm-hmm. I, uh, it's fine. But like, it's still a thing on my neck. Uh-huh. So he called me, and he just sang that to me. And he goes, "I'm just kidding. You're fine, but call me." <laughs> That's Because like, okay. uh, it like it like went off in his office yeah. like four times. <laughs> so He's like sending all the photos. Like you're so cute. It's like six in the morning. <laughs> it's like you gotta
0: do something. Yeah. Get to keep yourself peppy. I was delivered by a black female. Doctor, oh, so
1: was she a lesbian? Because then you'd no. have like a real.
0: She had a great name though. I love her name, Vina. Oh, no Vina. one knows who I was delivered by. I mean, I'm sure we <laughs> no could look it knows? up, but like my parents don't remember why. Oh, well, you were the last one. No it's one cares. The last one of five. Yeah. No one gives a shit.
1: Plus, they don't pay <laughs> attention to shit like that. <laughs> no, my parents don't actually care about it. <laughs> so,
0: and I still went my first gyno appointment. I went to her. She was still practicing, oh. right? I think she still is practicing, but she's retiring and, no. Yeah. You can only have so many generations. My grandmother went to her too, so you can only you can only stick your fingers in so many generations of she women. She's
1: like ninety. She's very old. <laughs> she should not be practicing. <laughs> She's good though. <laughs> She's ninety. She's like really old. Yeah, doctors <laughs> should retire when they're sixty-four. <laughs> uh, I mean,
0: to deliver babies, what do you do? You just catch them when they come, out. right? But a gynecologist, like, <laughs> yeah, she looks in. She around it's a
1: stressful life to live in it well yeah and running and then to be having a practice like 90 is... and be like oh god i'm still doing it oh like, yeah we'll
0: you missed something she and... just she wakes up at night she's just like the coochies. they call to me
1: <laughs> i need
0: them <laughs> yes i hear them in my dreams yeah. <laughs> so this was our first episode of 2018 yeah hopefully the rest don't suck <laughs> here's to many others yeah <laughs> so um cryptos, I'm thinking maybe we should change our release date to, like, Friday. Okay. Because it may work out better just for our schedules. Yeah, probably. So, we'll see. We'll play around with it. Just so you guys know, we're not ignoring you. Yeah, we've got busy schedules. We do. We have things. We have things to do, people to see. We're important. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, we're
0: not. (laughs) We're not important at all. We don't claim to be. We just go to school. Yeah, we just do things. Normal people things. So, okay, um... You know what? another re- resolution for resolution for this year, yeah, uh-huh. a resolution. Oh, it always seems weird using that word. You guys should send in your horror stories, uh-huh. not fictional ones, real ones, about murders and shit, to HelenHighHorror@gmail.com. at gmail.com, because uh-huh. we haven't gotten any in a long time, and we really want more. Uh-huh. So please do that, and we are going to do an episode with our hometown murders. Yep. We have a lot to talk about. It might be a two-parter.
1: So, I thought we'd only pick one.
0: No, we're going to do all of them. We're just going to marathon through them. Well, cuz I found out about another one, like yesterday. hometown
1: hometown cuz No, it's Iowa. just like shit we've lived places we've we, lived. I mean, we share the same place. Now we do. We have for a lot of years. I know. <laughs> but I've lived
0: everywhere. So. You've lived a bunch of places, so. But this area's had a fair amount of murders. Yeah. So please we'd like to hear yours as well and if any of you have encountered an alien or a ghost or Loch no, just... Please write to us. We want to hear about it, and we'll read it on the show. We'll do our listener stories. Um, we are Hell High Horror on Instagram, mm-hmm. on Facebook. We have a Facebook group that's fun. Um, we are on Twitter at Hell High Horror, and we're on Tumblr. I'm Austin Castelli on everything and Witch Tips on Tumblr. I guess Tumblr isn't everything. I'm Reparada Anne. She's repurinator and on everything. The end. We um just released our last uh news episode for our patrons um on Patreon for the year. Uh, we had some crazy stories in there. It was really fun. And if you donate just one dollar a month, then mm-hmm. you get access to it every single month. So it's worth checking out. And I think that's it for today. Yep. Rate, review, and subscribe. Yes. Also, okay. We're going to talk at you next week. Okay? okay? Bye. Bye.